voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
He was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and the stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. The Gospel of the Lord. Definitely dead. And we know later in the story they were concerned even about opening the 
So it's clear that they wanted to make it very obvious that this man was truly dead. When Jesus arrives, Mary rushes to him and she falls to his feet. And she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many times have we cried out just like that? If only you had been here, Lord. If only you had healed her, Lord. If only. We know the deep longing for the touching healing of our Christ. But we also know that it sometimes doesn't happen. Or at least it doesn't happen the way we would want it to happen. Well, the mourners are there with Mary and with Jesus. And suddenly Jesus is overcome by grief. And I know many of you have had that experience of the wave of grief suddenly just washing over. And Jesus begins to weep. And all around him know how deeply he loved Lazarus. Then finally they ask him if he would come to the tomb with them. When they arrived there, Jesus asked them to open it. They delayed. They weren't quite ready to do that. They were afraid of what they would find. It would be so offensive. But then finally they responded and opened the tomb for him. And the amazing thing I think about this moment in front of the tomb is that Jesus does, I think, a very strange thing. He doesn't pray that Lazarus will come out. He doesn't pray to God that God will resuscitate Lazarus. But rather, he simply gives thanks. He gives thanks to God for what God has already done. I think it's very possible that Lazarus, that Jesus had been praying for Lazarus day after day as he was thinking about the death of Lazarus before he came to them. Yesterday, uh, Bishop Tom Shaw gave us a wonderful meditation on prayer. And it was uh, particularly powerful, I thought, because he told about a group of men that he used with, uh, laymen, about once a month. And they come together to share their lives, to talk about what's going on in their life, to pray together there. He said, though, that one time they, they gathered, one of the men said, you know, I really don't pray. And then as they talked on, others said, I don't pray. Pretty soon, each one of the men said, I don't pray. And then Bishop Tom said, but you do pray. You just don't realize it. You don't set aside 30 minutes in the morning like we monks do, he said. <laughs> meditating on the, on the gospel, meditating on some piece of scripture or on the song. But he said, I would be willing to wager that throughout the day, day in and day out, hour after hour, you are praying. You are having a conversation with God about what's happening in your home life. What's happening between you and your spouse. What's happening with your children. What's happening as you go through your day and you confront all the difficulties of the working life. He said you're praying. You're praying every day. That's a message for us. We pray every day. I would be willing to bet every one of you is in prayer, in conversation with God throughout the day. I think it's an important thing for us to remember. I think it's also important for us to see that that was probably an aspect of Jesus' prayer life as well. Not just going off alone at night to pray, but praying constantly throughout the day.
Well, as I think about this account of the raising of Lazarus, and it's important to remember, this is not a resurrection. He doesn't have a different body. He's not been transformed. Lazarus will die. And I've often wondered, you know, is this a good deal for Lazarus or not? And most of us only have to die once. We have to die twice. But as I think about the story, I'm taken back to an earlier part of it where Mary comes to Jesus and she says, Where were you? Where were you? And the truth is that Jesus was there weeping with you. Jesus was there present with you in your darkest moment, in the darkest moment. He was there in a nurse he was there in a doctor who was professional and persistent, dedicated to care for you. And perhaps what's most important, he was there in the friends who came to you when you most needed them, and you knew they'd be there. Jesus was there, present with us, and we are never, ever left alone. And I believe that that is the one great promise that we can take from the God that we are never alone, not even in death. And so those loved ones that we remember today, they too are not alone. Today we celebrate the saints of God. We remember those who are gone that went before us and we love so much. And we also remember those who were important in our lives, helping us understand how to lead a Christian life. But it's also important for us to celebrate the saints who are among us. You are the saints of God. Now you might think that I'm attributing too much to you. But if you sometime in the weekend would go and look at the first letter of the Corinthians and then the second. And in the beginning of both of those letters, Paul addresses the community as the saints. People set aside for the work of God, followers of Jesus. And yet, what he addresses to them is their misbehavior. Some of it's scandalous. These were people who were not perfect, just as we are not perfect. But yet, they're the saints of God. And so one of the things that I think we need to draw on this day is a prayer that says, May I become ever more a saint of God. May I be an instrument of God's love of God's grace in the world around us. Today we also have the privilege of baptizing Charles. And in doing so, he becomes the newest saint in God's kingdom. We welcome him into the company of the And we pray that his life may be a shining example of God's grace in the world as he grows in love and in faith with a loving man. I want to end this with the benediction that's given at the end of the graveside service. But it's also the benediction we give every Easter Sunday, that is, every Sunday of Easter season, after the Eucharist. And I think it says what I'm trying to say in this sermon, to communicate to us what it means to be the saints of God. The God of peace who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the through the blood of the everlasting covenant, made you perfect in every good work to do God's will, working in you 
that which is well-pleasing in God's sight. May God bless each one of these saints. This
son Jesus received the baptism of John and was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, the Christ, to lead us through his death and resurrection from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it, we are buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share in his resurrection. Through it, we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into this fellowship those who come to him in faith, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now sanctify this water, we pray, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that those who here are cleansed from sin and born again may continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen.
eternal God, you have always taken men and women of every nation, age, and color, and made them saints. Like them transformed, like them baptized in the name of the Trinity, renew us daily, that we, like them, may serve you. Through Jesus Christ our Redeemer. Amen. The Lord be with you.
into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and